Welcome into the November 24th episode of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morsuti. What an entertaining hockey game as the Leafs put an end to the Devils' winning streak, robbing them of franchise history in their own barn. It was an electric game, Dave. And the Leafs also made a trade earlier today. We'll break down the day that was in Leafland on today's edition of Lockdown Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs, the daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also now catch us up on video form on YouTube. Just search up Locked On Leafs, hit subscribe, and get new content delivered to you each and every day, Monday through Friday, all Leafs, all the time. And Dave, today was a really fun day to be a Maple Leaf. Like it kind of all kickstarted um, with the trade earlier in the day, the Leafs picking up Connor Timmins, a player who we had literally chatted about on yesterday's podcast as a possibility, a name that was being floated out there. Um, so we'll kind of break that trade down and, and, and give our thoughts on that game. But that's how the day started. And then it ended with a bang. The Maple Leafs ending the streak of the New Jersey Devils, picking up a win over the league's hottest team, 2-1 in overtime, which some people are calling a controversial game. I don't think it was very controversial, but why don't we talk about it? The Devils clearly... Um, Fans, we will say Devils fans and you know, some other people out there, at least haters also, will pile up on them. Like, the Devils had three goals called back. And, you know, I think that is the biggest reason why they're calling it controversial. But let's call a spade a spade here, Dave. The reason why those goals were called back and called no goals is because they weren't goals, Dave. They broke the rules and they were not goals. I don't know why it's so controversial to some people. It's pretty cut and dry to me. Controversial because, A, it's the Leafs. Devils win streak was on the line. And it happened multiple times in the same game. Right? The, 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 clearly, the refs had something out for the Devils. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. It led to, led to something I have not seen in a very long time, and that's fans throwing things on the ice during a game. Yeah. I. Can't remember the last time I've seen. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever seen three goals get called back in a game. First of all, yeah. But then, like the scene that we saw um, in Newark as well, just got people just raining, throwing their beer and their pop and their anything, just a whole bunch of stuff on the ice. It stopped play for uh, a number of minutes. The Maple Leafs went to go seek refuge in the locker room at one point because they were like, "Let's get out of here. These refs yeah. are about to get it. We might have some fans come." crawling out onto the ice, willing to fight these guys, it seemed like. It was probably pretty close to it. There was a couple of guys out there that probably were drunk enough to do that. But luckily, uh, that didn't happen. It stopped short of just throwing things. Um, and eventually, they did get the game back going. The Devils did score one. They did get one. They got close. But uh, the Leafs were able to close it out and, and win the game 2-1. to one. And honestly, Dave, like that third period was, was like playoff-esque atmosphere. 
It really was. The crowd was buzzing. There was chances both ways. Both teams were playing well. Both goalies making big stops. I mean, this was just a flat-out entertaining hockey game. Maybe the most entertaining Leafs game of the year. It's up there for sure. No, like you see that crowd go like wild when the Devils finally got a goal that stood. It was like, and it just, I don't like, I know the Devils haven't been getting great attendance all like for most of the season. I know that they weren't exactly selling out and it's not a big building to sell out either, but like you heard that crowd and you're just like, they had a chance to make history tonight, right? First time in in franchise history, they could have won a 14th game. So you know, there was people in there who don't probably don't care about hockey, but were kind of there for the moment to say mm-hmm. I was there when this happened. But it didn't happen, Dave. It didn't happen. No, we did see one other streak though extend. Oh, Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner games in a row. Like somebody, I think I don't know if it was like someone in our YouTube comments saying, "Will Marner's point streak again or the Devil streak again?" And I was like. Well, technically, Marner streak can continue and the Devil streak could continue. So somebody could have easily have said both. But luckily, it was only one. And it was one that mattered the most to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it was either A, B, or A and B, I guess, were the options. And uh, it ended up being B and only B. Um, but overall, just a real solid game out of uh, out of the Maple Leafs. You saw uh, Matt Murray come in clutch with some some real big saves, especially there in the third period. Um, you know, he was fantastic and it just keeps building. The guy just keeps building uh, performance after performance. And this is now five games in a row where I think he's he's played exceptionally well. And uh, it's it's really something that, you know, we weren't sure what we were going to get out of Matt Murray coming into the year. More so, I think it was all health related. But so far, uh, since he's come back from that injury that he sustained after the first game, uh, he's been stellar. He's been locked in, and he's been giving this team quality, quality goaltending. And what did I say was going to have to happen, Dave? I said one of two things. This is either going to be a 2-1 grinded-out hockey game, going to have to get some big saves, but have everybody buy in defensively, or it was going to be a track meet, and you're going to have to win the game 6-4, 7-5, or something like that. It wound up being the style of game that I anticipated, the 2-1 track meet, or the 2-1 uh, grinded-out type of game where you know we saw a lot of um, buy-in defensively from everybody. You ended up having Giordano stepping up and playing over 22, 23 minutes a night. You had Hall play a bunch of minutes. We even saw an injury to the blue line. I mean, we saw Jordy Ben go down the second period. He tried to skate out there, did one shift in the third, and then said, nope, can't do it. He's going to be uh, reevaluated tomorrow. It's an upper body injury is what we're being told um, by uh, by Coach Sheldon Keefe. So that even meant more. Minutes were going to have to go to those guys. Um, Limligren and, and Sandine played a lot tonight. So really, 24 minutes and 43 seconds. That's That was how much time Mark Giordano played tonight. A 39-year-old Mark Giordano, that is. Just absolutely insane. Um, but overall, honestly, I thought this was just a terrific team performance tonight. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely... And also shout out to the refs for uh, helping out with the lease tonight. Just wow. put that up there as well. But yeah, we're, no, like, we're looking to get us canceled now. We're going to get canceled. <laughs> Here's the thing, Dave. Here's the thing. You know that there are some pissed off anti-Leaf fans, anti-Leaf fans who watch this show. 
just to crap on the Leafs. Yep. So we're going to get that. Yep. I, I'm stoking the fire. And to troll us. And they're going to go in there and they're going to light you up in the comment section. Guaranteed. It's going to happen. Bring it. Because <laughs> you'll be dead wrong. That's the best part. But no, I, I mean, when you look at how the game started, Leafs got out to the 2 nothing lead and they didn't cheat too much. Like, Matt Murray definitely made some big saves to keep that lead, and that's what you expect from your number one goaltender. But it was it was how they they didn't let things kind of throw them out of whack in terms of like the Devils put some serious pressure on that two one goal could have made them unravel, and they didn't unravel, and that's I think was an important thing, especially for that blue line. Like a buddy of mine's like. Uh, it's, this is going to be a tough watch the last five minutes of the game. I'm like, don't worry. Justin Hall and George Giordano got it. As I send that message, I'm just like, yeah, I did not just text that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's yeah. the thing. You did sit there and be like, okay, do they have the horses to lock down a game like yeah. this against what has been the, the most electric offensive team in the National Hockey League over the course of the last month? And turns out they did. I mean, big block by Rasmus Sandin at the end of the game there on Nico Heischer. You had a, a Mark Giordano make a couple of big plays. I mean, defensively, it, it really was a buy-in. And, you know, Sheldon Keefe said it before the game. I still don't agree with the comment, but what he did say was, you know, typically when we've had guys go down, guys step up for us, and and we seem to get by these injuries. And, and tonight was another night where, a bunch of guys stepped up and it was really collectively they filled the shoes of of the Rileys and the Brodies and the Muzzins of the world. I suppose Giordano um, played out of his mind, obviously. Uh, but overall, just uh, a real quality game. Sandine played 22 and a half minutes. Gio played 24 minutes. Justin Hall played 25 minutes. Justin Hall, 25 minutes leading all Maple Leafs in ice time. Um, did he leave all devils too in ice time? No, Dougie Hamilton played 25 minutes as well. 25, 18, and yeah, Justin Hall played a lot on the power play. 25.03. Okay. So Dougie led the game, but Justin Hall second and first on the Maple Leafs. I mean, that's what we're going to get a, a, a large dose of Geo and Hall over the next little bit. Like how Connor Timmons is coming to town now, but he's not going to be a top pair defenseman. We know that we'll, we'll expand on that in a moment, uh, you know, in a little bit here in the podcast, but uh, that's, that's what it's going to be. And, and look, they were up for the task tonight. Can they continue it this weekend against Minnesota against Pittsburgh? Then they're in Detroit. They're on the road. Like that was a gutsy, gutsy victory that they're able to get there out on the road in that barn with a chance to play spoiler with the devils looking to make history. And they were able to actually, Pull it out. They 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 held the two nothing lead. They got a little bit of assistance from uh, from the officials, as we noted, to get there. Um, wink, wink. You know, joking, obviously. Uh, but you know, terrific performance by the Maple Leafs uh, in general. Why don't we take a quick break when we get back? Let's get into our three stars of the game, and then we can break down that trade that happened earlier today uh, with Connor Timmins being the latest player to uh, enter the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Um, 
Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to hockey to basketball, soccer, esports, and more, we've got it all on BetOnline.net. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs. Uh, Toronto with a 2-1 win over the surging New Jersey Devils, who had won 13 in a row prior to tonight. They were looking to make it a franchise record 14th, and the Leafs said, no, 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 no. I do not think so. Full Motombo on them. They pick up the win in regulation 2-1, and we will go through our three stars of the game game as we do after every Leafs win uh who's your third star of the game Dave um I was gonna I I'm pivoting from my initial suggestion because I was gonna say you know not all heroes wear capes they wear black and white stripes shout out to the refs oh I was gonna go (laughs) that direction but I figured I got my I got my laughs in earlier so I'm not gonna go in that direction instead I will go with Mitch Marner hmm that effort on the Tavares goal was ridiculous. Yeah. Like he fought off two players on his knees. I don't even think I, I was. I was trying to remember. I don't think he was even looking at the like the play when he made the pass to Tavares. I think he like just maybe took a peek, saw him coming off the bench, and assumed he's going to attack the net. I'm just going to put it in a place where he should be, and he did. And Tavares connected and they went up one nothing and you're right that was a terrific play by Mitch Martyr to just kind of stay with it and like Siegenthaler is a real steady defenseman like being able to to take the puck off him is, is not an easy task no. he's one of the better defensive players in his own zone um in the entire league so for him to make that play you know find that loose puck win that battle and then spot Tavares coming off the bench just a high IQ play out of Mitch Barner. Um, absolutely. I, I think he's well-deserved of, uh, of the third star. Um, I gave mine, however, you're gonna, you're gonna, I'm curious to, to hear what you think about this one, but I'm giving it to Rasmus Sandin. I'm giving my third star to Rasmus Sandin tonight. I thought that, you know, he's someone who over the course of the last couple of weeks has really taken a beating from, you know, the media, from us, from fans, he really hasn't played very well, but in a moment where he had to step up and play big minutes, play 22 minutes and 23 seconds tonight, season high, um, played extremely well, played a lot of it in his own end, played a lot of it uh, against some tough opponents, some tough competition, and he ended up as a plus one on the night. He was on the ice for both Toronto goals, was on the ice for the one goal against, obviously, and That was a questionable call to vacate the front of the net, made the wrong read, thought that the puck was going to rim around the boards. And unfortunately, it had Dougie Hamilton, who was pinching in low and got the, you know, the tip in front. And that one he probably wishes he could take back. But outside of that, massive block tonight, uh, late in the game on Heischer to kind of, I guess, ice it in a way. Had a couple of blocks tonight, uh, had laid a couple of hits. I thought that he was... Pretty good, considering it's been a tough couple of weeks. It seemed like he kind of had a little bit of swagger and confidence back in his game tonight, which is really good to see. And we kind of need to see that at Erasmus Sandin, who's going to be 
a top four defenseman for this team for the next little bit as the injuries have started to pile up here. Yeah, well, I, well, this is why for my second star, I was giving it to the defense in general because in those final few minutes, it was tough. They were in their zone a lot. They were stuck long shifts. But what I liked was the Devils were clearly trying to get those sideboard to sideboard passes, get them moving. They had good sticks in the in the passing lane, so you no, know, these weren't clean passes that the Devils were getting off. And the block shots, man, <laughs> there was a comment about you know the the Jordy Ben injury and saying you know maybe the Leafs sponsorship is kind of ironic because so many defensemen have been getting injured, and they should be drink maybe just drink a little more milk. But Sandine, Hall, Giordano made some huge blocks in those final few minutes, especially Giordano. He might yeah. be the best shock blocker on the team because he's making them on like the plays that are, you don't expect him to make the shot block on. Right. And he, he does it. I mean, they don't look as painful when Gio does it. Um, but like there was one shot block in general that they brought up on the broadcast where Justin Hall literally sees the guy like open for a, a good chance on that recognizes the play and gets right into the lane to block the shot. Generally, you don't want your defenseman to screen your goaltender and let that puck get through. So if you're going to block it, you better get your whole body in front of it. And Justin Hall did a good job of that. That's what you need to do to win games like this. You have to make those sacrifices. And it shows good character of that Leafs defense, minus your three top defensemen to go out and do that in a game and, or, and you lost another veteran in Jordy Ben midway through exactly. the game. And you had another guy who was playing his first ever NHL game yeah, exactly. on top of that. So you had like three guys who were NHL caliber defensemen, I guess. Four, sorry, we could four guys. And then you had a, a rookie who was playing in his very first game. And I, was gonna say, I know, I know you we don't always think Justin Hall's an initial caliber defenseman. We'll give him that tonight, Mike. Don't worry. I, I don't know who I left out there, to be honest. I think you were going to leave out Timothy Lilligren because I mentioned Sandine Hall and Giordano. Yeah, I, didn't I did. Lilligren because he didn't, I didn't see as many blocks from him. And that's okay. Not all, not all guys have the block shots. They just got to make sure the puck's not going in the net. He was credited with one. He was credited with one block. Sandine had two. Geo had six blocks tonight. All had one. Mac Hollowell with a block, also credited with a hit, I might add. Well, all five foot eight, 170 pounds of them. And uh, Jordy Ben, before leaving in the second period, had uh, a couple blocks as well, yeah. as you would expect. So, um, yeah, they were they were getting in the shooting lanes for sure and trying to help out Matt Murray as much as possible. Um, so they do certainly deserve a star. I mean, I was giving mine to, to Gio in particular. I, I had circled him as a, a second star for a lot of the reasons why you said, you know, the guy just just munched the minutes tonight. I mean, guy played 25 minutes, 24 minutes, 43 seconds. Um, it was it was insane. A hard 24 minutes as well. Hard 24 minutes is right. So, and, you know, like I said, six blocks, a couple of hits. You know, Geo was out there killing penalties, second unit power play. Giordano was doing it all, and he has to uh, going forward and with, with these injuries. Hopefully, he doesn't have to play 24, 25 minutes a night going forward. You know, hopefully the injuries don't pile up mid-game, and he, he can, you know, stay to a, a more comfortable, I suppose, like 21, 22 as a top pair. 
Um, then they could spurs it out a little bit more, but uh, overall, you know, tremendous game out of, out of Mark Giordano. So he gets, uh, he gets uh, my second star, which leaves the first star of the hockey game, Dave. It's your boy, Mr. Mur Daddy Fresh. Mur Daddy Fresh, my guy. Coming through with a quality, quality performance. Couple of key, key saves. Um, stopped 34, 35 shots tonight. Uh, I thought that he was he was tremendous, and, and he had to be. He really had to be because the Devils are a tough hockey team, man. That is a tough, tough hockey team to beat, and uh, he was able to, to come out there. There was an expected goals against was 342. He allowed one goal. So 2.42 goals saved above expected. They're expected to lose this game tonight, Dave. They're expected to lose this game tonight. And uh, they didn't because stellar goaltending from uh, from the guy in the back in, 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 uh, in Matt Murray. He faced 11 high danger chances in the third period. 11 high danger ch- shots in the third period. And uh, a lot of high danger chances, you know, stop 10 of the 11, I guess, because the uh, other one was was the the goal, the goal, obviously. But, you know, you're giving up 11 in a, in a period. Your goalie better be on top of his game if you're going to try and, you know, hunker down when you're up to nothing. And uh, it's that's exactly what happened. He came through for the boys. Um, he was definitely the number one star tonight. Um, so, yeah, Matt Murray. Keep it up, man. Keep it up. That's the type of goaltending that can get not only get your team on a run, but when Samsonov gets back, and if Samsonov gets back to that is at that form that he was start the season, this might be the better duel of leap goaltenders that the team can rely on a one A one true one A one B tandem that was kind of envisioned for the longest time. Yeah, it's it's this is what will also help alleviate some of the concern with the you know injuries on the blue line. You notice the difference between a Matt Murray and an Eric Schalgren in that. Yes. You know, if if Eric Schalgren was in that game, I personally have less confidence that the Leafs pull out that win. Yeah. I, like Schalgren has done as admirable as a job as any any third string goaltender can do, but Matt Murray is a step above. And it showed tonight because there was a lot of similarities between the Islanders game and the Devils game in terms of the Islanders put pressure on Lee. We're getting those high danger chances. I mean, also Shogren with the unfortunate giveaway. Yeah. yeah, it's like Murray wasn't really doing that. So I that's where you notice the difference with the goaltender like Matt Murray and what he can do for a team that doesn't have a good defense right now. Yeah, the, the one thing that I'll note about Matt Murray, and I've noticed this for a couple of games in a row, like he's making big stops. Um, I think he's got to clean up his his rebound control a little bit. I think he's allowing a, a couple too many rebounds. I mean, even the goal that was disallowed made the great stop, right? But then wasn't able to corral it and find the puck. And then, boom, puck gets kicked and ends up in the back of the net, luckily gets waved off. But that's another one where it's like, you make that stop, you got to find it, and then you got to cover it, right? And, and and you know, there's a couple of instances tonight where I thought that uh, he he had to face one or two extra rebound shots, um, you know, just because his rebound control wasn't as good. And I was diving into the numbers the other day. I mean, they're, they're the Leafs are a bottom five team in rebound shots against 20% of their goals. 
um, have come off of rebounds. And I think that's a combination of things. It's it's can be poor rebound control, but also defensively not, you know, boxing out, not retrieving pucks either. Um, so I, 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 there's a couple of reasons there, but that that's the one thing I think that I can say about Matt Murray's game that I would like to see, you know, still improve a little bit. It is uh, indeed the, uh, the, the rebound control. Um, all right. Why don't we uh, take another quick break when we get back let's get into this connor timmons trade let's find out what this guy's all about because he is your newest toronto maple leaf and will be joining the team this weekend so we could see him in a leafs jersey as soon as friday so when we get back we'll get into him and explain what the deal is there uh i'm mike DeStefano with dave more studio listening to locked on these podcasts part of the locked on podcast network Welcome into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morsuti. Uh, you're listening to the Locked On Lease podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. So if you are part of Leafs Nation, big fan, and this is your first time joining us here on the Locked On Lease podcast, subscribe because we got new uh, episodes coming to you each and every day, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time. And you know, very often we do what we just did for the last 25 minutes. We break down games. We talk about stuff. And this is really the first time we've been able to break down a trade, Dave. First time we've been able to break down a trade. Because today, massive news dump, right as the Canada game was was starting. <laughs> I was Toronto just like, are you kidding me? I know. It was insane. The Toronto Maple Leafs announced uh, that, that um, they had traded – Curtis Douglas, an AHL forward for Connor Timmins, a defenseman from the Arizona Coyotes. Um, I guess before I get into my thoughts on the deal, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the deal and, and your thoughts on, on Connor Timmins as as uh, not only just a prospect, but a player for the now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, I had to remind myself to watch out for fake Twitter accounts. So at first I had to really verify that this happened. Um that was the first thing. And I, I just kind of laughed because we literally talked about it like 12 hours before it happened. Yeah, I like, know. We almost talked it like as soon as we were talking about it and talking about the fit and, you know, the connections or like oh, connections to St. Marie. Yeah. Like this is happening. And you see the trade and you're like, you know what? I can live with that because you didn't give up draft capital. Curtis Douglas, look, he's a young, he's not an old player. He's not like an AHL lifer, but he's also not this young budding prospect either, right? You kind of have to understand, like, you know, I was listening to Nick Kiprios. He was talking about how the Leafs weren't exactly impressed with his progress this season because, you know, he had 35 points last year in the AHL. He's been pointless in 13 games after, you know, opening up a lot of eyes in training camp as being this big bodied player and something the least obviously could use, but I see what the Leafs, the Leafs don't have many options on the blue line. And the only way you're going to get it is if you trade and draft, they don't have much in the pipeline. They've got a lot of injuries. So they kind of took advantage of a situation with Arizona where they couldn't put Connor Timmons on waivers because they know, a team is going to put a claim on them. Kind of the reverse Arizona effect, <laughs> right? And so 
I'm not ecstatic about the trade because, you know, this is a player that hasn't played a lot. Only played eight games in the NHL in the last years because of injury concerns. But I'm also willing to give a chance because the Leafs don't have many options. Like, they, they seem to be very enthusiastic about this player, too. What I like about it is just the fact that they dealt away a player that I don't think had any any upside to be part of this NHL team. You know, they could be happy and enamored with, with Curtis Douglas all they want. I know they, they like the size, six foot nine. The dude was a, a Hulk out there. But ultimately, I don't think he was going to be an NHL hockey player. Whereas I think Connor Timmons, at least, is, is an NHL blue liner. Um, and I believe that they like his upside. Kyle Dubas spoke and said, we like him for the now and for the future. You know, this wasn't just a, a trade to, to fill right now. Supposedly, they've been looking for somebody to fill in um, like a, a depth piece like this since the Muzzin and Dahlstrom injuries. Um, and this wasn't just a reaction to the Riley and Brody injuries. So uh, maybe that means that there is another one, you know, unfortunately bigger trade coming down the pike. I would hope so because Connor Timmons isn't the answer on this blue line. Not at all. He's not the answer on the blue line. It's a nice, you know, patch fix for right now. You're bringing in a young 24 year old right shot defenseman. Who's got a little bit of size, six foot two, 200 pounds, you know, 32nd overall pick a few years ago. He has a connection with, with Rasmus Sandin and, and, they played together in junior with the Sioux Greyhounds. There's clearly that Sioux connection um, way back when with Kyle Dubas. I think I heard Dubas speaking today. Um, he drafted Timmons when he was with the Sioux. Didn't get to play there all too long because he ended up, you know, working with Toronto. Um, but he did draft Connor Timmons, I believe, uh, his final year there. But ultimately, you're right. He's a player who over the last little bit hasn't played a whole lot of hockey. Um, he's been limited to what, two, four, 10, 41 NHL games since 2019, 2019, 2020. And then an additional, uh, 52 American league games. So he, he really hasn't played a whole lot. He's played less than a hundred games over the course of, um, pre-COVID days, I guess, like since Mike Babcock was a coach of this team. Um, so he hasn't played a lot of hockey due to injury, and that's kind of the big issue with him um, is can he stay healthy because that hasn't been the case over the course of the last uh, two, three seasons really with this team. But he he did play a significant part, and he was considered a top-tier prospect when he was with the Colorado Avalanche. He was a big piece of the puzzle when they traded uh, Darcy Kemper to Colorado. They liked him as a prospect coming back. He played 10 games for them in the playoffs back in 2020, 2021. In, in, uh, in, well, I guess that would have been, is that the bubble year? No, that was the following year, actually. Yeah. yeah, it was the following season. He played 10 games. He played two games the bubble year um, in the playoffs. So there is some playoff experience. Like I said, six foot two, 200 pounds, has a little bit of size, uh, more of a, a defensive defenseman, I suppose. But, we know how well he looked when he played for Team Canada at the World Juniors. That is the kind of lasting image that most Leaf fans probably have of Connor Timmons. Is he going to dominate the NHL the way that he dominated the World Juniors that season? No, I wouldn't expect him to. I, you know, he's most likely a third pair defenseman. Maybe in a pinch, you can move him up the lineup a little bit. 
if he could develop. But at 24 years old, I'm not sure there's much time for that much more development to turn him into a real significant piece. I could be wrong, obviously. Um, and, and Kyle Dubas does see something in him. Uh, but how much could the rest of the league see in him if all it took was third line AHL Marley center Curtis Douglas to get him? You know what I mean? Like, why wasn't there a better return out there? Why did nobody else call and make that bet if they feel like Connor Timmons is a future top four defenseman? So he's part not the answer. I think part of it is also, though, some people say, put him on waivers. Like, we're not going to give you what you might want because, uh, like, the Coyotes. Dude, uh, what, 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 it, Curtis Douglas. You don't think I there's don't. another team out there that has – someone else who's making league minimum that they could just throw and say, here, this is what you want so that you got something for it. But so, but here's the other problem is that a team that trades for him, doesn't like what they see. They can't just, then, then they're going to wave them, right? Like you gotta, if you're going for Connor Timmons, at some point you're thinking he's going to play some NHL games for you. You're going to tell me that the Ottawa senators couldn't afford to trade like a fifth round draft pick for Connor Timmons. I mean, I don't know what exactly the Ottawa Senators roster situation is. I mean, they pr- definitely could have done it. Uh, why didn't they? That's my like. They they need defensemen more than Toronto needs defensemen for Pete's sake. You have to ask Pierre Dorian on that question. But, but that's what I'm saying is if like Kyle Dubas isn't, you know, the rest of the league don't doesn't see this guy as the piece of the puzzle to help this to help their teams win. So I'm just saying, like, I know I, I saw a lot of fanfare out there excited about getting Connor Timmons. Um, I would just kind of limit the excitement. I don't know if he's necessarily a guy who is going to be a, a staple on, on the blue line when everyone's healthy. Um, it's just added depth at the end of the day. I think this is just added depth to the blue line, and he'll get an opportunity. I, I think he's going to be with the team tomorrow in, in Minnesota on Friday. Um, whether he plays there or not is still up in the air, but – now with the injury with uh, Jordy Ben dealing with an upper body injury. Yeah, I was going to say now with the injury to Jordy Ben, like he probably is going to have to slide in and, and play right away potentially for uh, for the club. So, you know, we'll we'll see him sooner rather than later if not in Minnesota, probably in Pittsburgh or or Detroit. Um he's joined the team on the road trip, so why why wouldn't you use him? Right? Like he's he's good to go. He just finished a what five or six game conditioning stint in the American League, so they should be able to use him. Um, and he should be ready to go and, and ready to play. But ultimately, I think the Leafs still do need to make uh, a bigger swing mm-hmm. and go out and get themselves uh, a top four defenseman to replace the big boys that have been gone. I don't think tonight's game, and I know I, 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 we see it in the comments, I understand that this team needs score. Well, people think this team needs scoring and that defense isn't the problem, but I don't think we should be uh, blinded by what we saw tonight and think that, this team can do that every single game because they can't and they're not going to, and they're going to need some defense and some better top tier defenders, top four defenders. If they're going to go on a playoff run, which ultimately is the end goal for this season. Um, The lack of scoring, I think is just a, a matter of the guys who have the ability to put the puck in the net, just not doing it. Whether that's Michael Bunting who scored 23 goals at five on five last year, He's not scoring. We got um, Austin Matthews still stuck at three goals at five on five, none of which have been 
off the rush as a wrist shot from a slap shot. I think I heard every single one of his goals at three at five on five this year. Not one of them. So they've either been tips or backhands. Like not one of them has come as like a uh, a front facing shot, which is just asinine for a guy who scored 60 goals last year, 51 within a 50 game span. So I don't think this team needs to go out and acquire goal scoring. I think that they have it within. They just need to start scoring at the end of the day. They just got to get going. Um, but the blue line, I don't think they have that help from within. That's just my thoughts. That's my stance on why I believe the blue line is something they need to work on. Analytically, statistically, yes, they look fine. The numbers are there, and the goal scoring is down. I understand all that, but when I look at it, and I look at it as a full season, and I think back to what it's going to be like in the playoffs, I think defense is where they need to build a little bit more. And that may mean they might have to trade somebody away, like one of like a upgrade a, a, a Sandine or upgrade a Lilligren by moving one of those guys in a deal. I don't know. Upgrade Justin Hall by moving him in a deal would be would be decent. But uh, yeah, overall, I, I, I there's no reason to not like the Connor Timmons trade, but it is not the be all end all, and it's not the answer to the Maple Leafs blue line problems. Is I think uh, is what I'm trying to get across here in a very long winded way. <laughs> I, I when I look at what this stretch is supposed to show Kyle Dubas and the team is where exactly are our needs? Like we'll, we'll know for sure how the defense is going to be and whether the defense is a huge priority over the stretch of games. Cause you don't have your top defenseman. Like I'm, this is not a great situation for the least, but you can't hate what it's going to force this management group to realize. I'm also seeing these last few stretch of games. You brought up the five on five scoring. And it makes me think I'm not totally sold that a deal for forward isn't off shouldn't be off the table because they're they're not getting the goals at five on five and it's not just the big boys it's lower in the lineup too I, I think uh, you know you're you have to c- totally consider yes your defense needs to be good in the playoffs but if you're not scoring goals that's putting more pressure on your defense than there needs to be. And I think that's something something that's happened the last few years with this team against Montreal and against Tampa. I mean, Montreal, they were up 3-1, but in those three games, those games after, goal scoring was like, you know, it was like pulling teeth for this yeah. team. And the same with Tampa in those final two games where the the pressure was at its most, at its highest. They couldn't get the goals. And when the top guys aren't getting it done, who's stepping up? And we're not seeing that right now. Like I, I look at guys like Kerfoot and Angval who are getting paid m- on multi-million dollar deals. They got to be the ones to do it. Like I know we're gonna bring up Robertson and Malgan and Yarncroak. I mean, Yarn I'm, Croak's not, I'm not bringing those. I mean, yes, they they are guys who should be brought up. They do need to score more. But the the two that you mentioned are the two at the top of my list. The fact that Alex Kerfoot is making three and a half million bucks playing in the team's top six for, for a majority of the season is sitting with one singular goal this year. It's just flat out not good enough. Yeah. He needs to score more. So it's not that they need to go out and get guys. They have players who can fill the net. I mean, Alex Kerfoot can score you 20-ish goals a season, currently only on pace for four. Like, that's the problem with this team. He scored, what, 13 goals last year? 
So, I mean, you look at what's the shooting percentage at right now? 3%. He's a career 10%, no, career 12% shooting percentage. So he should have about four goals right now um, if he was shooting up to his career averages. Uh, but at 3%, it's, it's, he's just snake bitten right now. And that's got to change. <laughs> like, it needs to change. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna see very similar. I think you're you're gonna see a similar result because I'm just you're seeing kind of the flag, red flags. They're getting by because goaltending's been good. The defense hasn't totally fallen apart yet, but it's not gonna get any easier if the Fords don't elevate their play at five on five. Also, how about Morgan Riley, a former twenty goal scorer? I know he's injured now, but through twenty games, yet to score a goal. That yeah. guy was snake bitten before he got injured. Right, he didn't score a goal. Uh, Sandine's yet to score a goal. Um, you know, Holmberg finally scored tonight, but three percent shooting percentage out of Kerfoot, three percent shooting percentage out of uh, out of Geo, six percent from Mulgan, six percent from Pierre Engvall, who, if I'm not mistaken, last year had a had a, a decent shooting percentage. I mean, ten percent is his career high. So even you know he's shooting at a four percent less rate than he was. Um, that he has over the course of his career. So, you know, he's someone who also scored 15 goals last year, and he's only on pace for about half that this year season. So, but you've got a couple of guys who are only scoring at half of the rate they did a season ago. You know, I don't think it's necessarily that you need to go out and get more offense. Those guys just need to start contributing. That's that's the way that I look at it. And, and I think they can do that from within, but I don't look at the blue line and see internal contributions and internal improvements from guys on the blue line. Yeah, it's and it's got a – this is the biggest question I think Kyle Dubs is going to have to figure out from now until the trade deadline because I'm not I'm not sold on them standing pat. No, like, God, no. Like, I don't think they're, they'll stand pat. I don't think they will, but you also have, we also realize, and he said in the past, that they don't necessarily have the assets to go out and address – a bunch of things and they almost have to be selective and that's wow, yeah. the other problem too only a select amount of bullets in the chamber yeah that's true that is very very true matthews shooting at 10 percent overall but uh it's sub five percent at five on five and that's a guy who shoots 16 percent. so he should have about three times as many goals at five on five than he does. So you'll just look up and down the roster and you see, um, you know, last year you saw so many people have career years and this year slow starts, a lot of stub toes out of the gate when it comes to scoring goals. But, uh, you know, at some point I think the floodgates will open and we'll start seeing goals coming here. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Anyways, Dave, we're starting to ramble now. Why don't we tie a bow on this thing? And, uh, we can chat a little bit more tomorrow because we got another back-to-back this weekend, Minnesota, and then they're in Pittsburgh. So we'll tee up those games for you guys tomorrow uh, on the podcast. That'll do it for us here today, though. I'd like to thank you guys for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Also follow the show at Locked On Leafs. All right, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.